And then we give like Wesley, when you're done with the thing of peanut butter, you can't get all the peanut butter. There's still some in there. So you throw the empty, the empty, I call it a jar, but it's plastic, you know, the empty bin and you'll go at that. Hopefully that'll buy us like 20 or 30 minutes. Isn't it weird that our podcast producer is just so needy, just so his needs. He's not even supervising. He's just uh, not even listening. He's licking. He he gets at it. He gets after it. He gets the tongue all the way in there. It's like a good sized thing of peanut butter. He just licks it clean, and then he'll start chewing on it. And I'll have to like when we're done here, I'll have to take it from him before I like chews it up. But yeah, that's, I think I bought us half an hour if we're lucky. That's a. Uh, isn't it weird that they don't make the peanut butter things? Maybe like. Um, Flexible. You know how they have sour cream now and like the little squeeze. Yeah, containers? I think they do. How about I don't that? like it. Okay. I like being able to put a knife in there and control my own distribution. I don't need. Uh... I'm pretty sure they. I've seen commercials. For squeeze I refuse peanut butter. To... Yeah, yeah. I, I refuse. To... I don't really want to do that. What about the uh, peanut butter and jelly in one? That's kind of nope. crazy. Huh? I can mix it on. I can mix, you can mix it on your own. You. you, you... So you can pick your own jelly. What kind of jelly man are you? I don't do a lot of peanut butter and jelly sandwiches, but on like toast and stuff for a fancy breakfast, uh, strawberry, raspberry, kind of the barrier. Ooh, one of the elite berries. Yeah, yeah. That's what I'll go by. Uh, like you go to a fancy breakfast place, like here in town, the, the Silver Grill. Yep, a world they famous restaurant. There's a lot of really good restaurants here. If you try to go on a Sunday, it's a two hour wait. Don't do it. But, but you know, you, you order your omelet or whatever, and it comes with a side of toast, and they'll give you the tiny little packets of jam. I usually go for the strawberry. Like, they'll give you grape and strawberry. And I'll like, ooh, strawberry for me. What about grape? Grape's good. Grape's a little... You, know, you ask me what I go for, is strawberry. Okay. Uh... You ever had apple butter? Yeah, apple butter. Apple butter's good. That'll trump any of the jelly right there. I like apple butter a lot. I just drooled on myself. That's a little thinking about scenes. apple butter. Yeah, I just kind of I don't know what happened there. I don't. This is a little bit behind the scenes podcast. What we'll Wesley take it out? Don't worry about it. Oh, he's not recording. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. He's not listening. Okay, perfect. So, let's talk. Hey, <laughs> so no, what I was gonna what what is a weird thing on my um you know how youtube does their little algorithm things it's like you watch one thing one time and it just pops up with everything similar so when i was researching my nootropic brain pill idea mm-hmm. thing I, I got into some health videos yeah and then i went down like a rabbit hole of, uh, there's this guy who does these videos like a bodybuilder meathead type and he does them on all the Hollywood people and all Marvel movies or people who got in like really good shape to play a superhero or whatever. And he does like, a, it's called Natty or Not, like natural bodybuilding or steroids. And so I kind of like, I watched a bunch of those because it's fascinating. Hmm. He doesn't come right out and say it, I think probably because of lawsuits, but the, the gist is like, yeah, they all probably do uh, something. Steroids. Because why not? It's not like a competition. They just got to look at the screen. So, and he's kind of like going through it, and he's, he's kind of like beating around the bush, and kind of like, yeah, you know, they all say they eat uh, chicken, broccoli, and you know, get good sleep and just exercise a lot. And he's just like, yeah, and they're probably taking HGH and uh, all this stuff. 
So I went down that rabbit hole. I was like, oh, that's kind of fascinating. It's a good way to waste uh, waste time that I should be reading. But I was thinking, like, steroids are considered cheating in athletic competitions. Yep. They're a shortcut to getting, like, a, a body so you can play a superhero in a movie. What's cheating for, like, reading or even, like, podcasting? I think there's not a lot of shortcuts you could take. Shortcuts for reading? I mean, reading's easy. You just don't read it. It's pretty easy. You know, well, no, that's not a, that's not like a pill. But like then you say, hey, I'm, I read that book. That's cheating. Well, that's lying. But that's not the same thing. That's not what I'm talking That's about. lying to yourself, too. It's not like a pill or something you could take make you read faster or put on a better what about this show. listen to the audiobook but he cranked that bad boy up to two times some people do that that's like a silicon valley you know people who refer to everything in life as like a life hack yeah what unquote they did they, they do that i think that's silly can i confess something to you matt yeah this whole time you've been talking about this i came up with a new phrase and i've just been waiting for you to stop talking so i could throw this on you Sure. Okay. You said rabbit hole a couple times. Mm-hmm. Well, do you know how how big are the rabbits' holes? They're not. I don't know. Mouse and Um. Why not ant holes? Yeah. So. Ant holes. That actually would kind of work. Pretty good, huh? Forgive me for being that guy. I can be kind of pedantic. Yep. With this type of stuff, but it's from Alice in Wonderland. Because she follows the white rabbit down the hole. Oh, I'm an idiot. I didn't know that. So when people say, oh, I went down a rabbit hole, it's not like a rabbit from this world. It's like, I followed this one random thing and I went into a, it led to a whole other world of, you know, the Queen of Hearts. Wish Wesley was listening so he could take this out because that, I didn't, yeah. That was, no, but that makes sense. That was That's dumb. Gonna, uh, yeah. I'm uh, pedantic about this. No, story. you were accurate. And I was if just you're doing well. You were doing a bit of a uh, like stand up, stand up from the '80s. Why do they do this when it makes sense to you know? Like, uh, like with the. Uh, you don't have to be so. I'm, I'm really no. That's a Jerry Seinfeld. Right? Oh, I know, I know. <laughs> no, Jerry Lewis. So, uh, yeah. People used to do the whole thing like, what do what do the bunnies have to do with Easter? You know, like what do eggs have to do with the crucifixion? And I would actually be really insufferable about that. It's like, oh, because when the Catholic Church was trying to convert the pagans in Europe to Catholicism, they had their fertility rituals, which rabbits were the symbol of fertility because they procreate a lot. And so they didn't want to take away people's holidays because they knew that wouldn't gain a lot of converts. So they just, you know, they made Easter. The crucifixion didn't necessarily happen in April. Their fertility spring rituals happened to be in april at the equinox and so they just substituted like okay now we worship jesus here they they switched it to make him and then the bunny the rabbit thing stuck right so people would would do that little like oh what is what do bunnies bunnies don't lay eggs what does that have to do and i would just be like oh excuse me sir actually and then we're fun you guys I just wrote me. down uh don't make any comments on matt stories okay so, <laughs> that's anyway I have rabbit hole, why not ant holes? And then I go, don't make any comments on my stories when you're talking about. Ant holes would kind of work. 
Although there's a chance people would take you wrong and think what about ant tunnels. I went down that ant tunnels is better. Tunnel. Ant tunnel. I don't want to take you down an ant tunnel here. Yeah. I don't want to take you into the lion's den, but. Well, the lion's den makes sense because those are things that everyone knows about. Dangerous. Just be like, I'm going to lead you on an ant tunnel journey. You we could add more. It doesn't have to be rabbit hole. I don't want to. I don't want to lead you into an ant tunnel here, but you know. I don't want to lead you down a black hole, but. <laughs> I don't want to lead you into the lion's den. But... I don't want to lead you into the parrot's cage, but let's get close. <laughs> Make it happen. You're good. I hate to put you in the doggy kennel, but uh... <laughs> that's ridiculous. <laughs> what? I don't want to put you on a cat's perch, but uh, you're a hero of mine. How long can we go with these? I don't know. What are, what are more animals? Where do foxes live? I don't want to take you into the, the fox's hidey hole, but... Uh... I want to take you into Charlotte's Web, but I don't know. She's having a barbecue. So I, want to take you, I don't want to lead you into the beehive. But I got some pretty good honey. But the queen called, so... Some of this is, like, vaguely disgusting. <laughs> Should I start the episode, or do you have more? Are you are you still... Yeah, hit record. record. Oh, yeah, we've been recording. No, well, so my thing, it, which is it's pointless now, but I was trying to think of a shortcut. So I was like, because you know I'm into nootropics, right? I have lion's mane extract. So I was like, okay, maybe it's just a bunch of brain pills. And just, I read an interview with the uh, movie director, David Lynch, right? And he was talking about to get inspiration for his like writing, writing screenplays or whatever. He'd go to like this cafe, this diner and order like a big old milkshake at like 1 p.m. Just sit there, drink the milkshake and the sugar rush would inspire him. And that's where he gets all his like weird ideas. Cool. I was like, well, I could do that. I could be eat really healthy until right before an episode and then have a bunch of so I, I'm trying it tonight maybe you can tell so I've had I ate a pretty healthy like plant-based little fish and chicken all week and then an hour before the episode I had an ice cream sandwich um some lion's mane extract some reshi extract and I'm drinking kombucha right now I had two ice cream sandwiches. I don't know why I lied. I had two. So I'm like, you know, I'm up. I'm going. And we'll see if this is the podcast equivalent of steroids. Michael Jordan's 55-point game. After the flu. Is that his max? That's his flu game. No, it's not his flu game. Oh, against the Knicks. Hey, the flu game? Yep. I, I'm convinced it was hangover. Okay. That's my, uh, I like, I like that story better. All right, I'm going to start this episode because it's just out of control here. But no, I agree with you 100%. You know what I mean? It's a better story, too. It's a better story. You and know he's so upset because he did it to himself. Stories. Yeah, that's true. Welcome to There Will Be Books, a podcast about books and ant tunnels. I'm Peter. It's always fun Matthew, we are we recording. Yep. Oh my god, we're still we're always recording. We're doing uh, July book nominations. 
Yeah. This is where uh, one time, halfway on time. We, book a, we pick a month. Any yeah. month we'll do. No, we pick the month that we're. We pick. We're just like. <laughs> we didn't like January. Then we're going back. January book nominations. No, we're in July, so we're doing July book club nominations. June was the talented Mr. Ripley, which we will be recording here shortly. The uh, great thriller mystery novel from the 50s by Patricia Highsmith. Am I saying her name right? No. Did I say her name right? Okay. Yeah. Yeah. Anyway, so we each get three nominations. Uh, I'm going to start off by saying I have four books. Um, That happens every now and then. We have rules. We can break the rules. I did it. I believe it was March. I couldn't narrow my March books. Five, down. I think you had maybe four, five or six. No, yeah, I think you had five or six. I had four, but that, that's okay. That's okay. That's good. Um, this is ultra competitive. Um, mm-hmm. Whichever book we pick, the loser owes the other one a uh, hundred dollars. So it's pretty serious. It's like the World Series. It happens like if the World Series happened every month. It's like the World Series with the Olympics plus the World Series of Poker. Yeah, pretty good. I don't know if any of this is usable that we've been doing for 10 minutes or so. We're going to put it out there anyway. Yeah, we will. Cause uh, yeah. Anyway. So <laughs> did you, uh, sometimes I have a theme and I overthink it and I get, all, yeah. I get very indie singer songwriter about it. And I, my feelings mm-hmm. are out on the table and you just, it's, it's like a, my choices with no cameras. sometimes you think about it and put a theme and it's like you made a little mixtape for a girl you like yeah it's sometimes true. you it don't is. care at all and you grab random books from the thrift store and like what about what about these so it depends did you you tried this month i guess because you got four um so i've tried true. harder certain months is, is there a theme to it no there's no or theme. you just have four you really like I own all four of these, so that that might be a theme. Nice. Okay. So I have a I have a theme. What's your theme? Well, it's been a hot, sweaty summer, so I got three hot, sweaty books. <laughs> That's disgusting. Well, I don't want to take you to the pig pen here, but uh, I got three big old hot, sweaty books. I don't want to take you into the bat cave, but there's a lot of us in here, so get ready, buckle up. <laughs> so dumb. Yeah, it is. <laughs> okay. Sorry. All right. We game face. Let's go. All right. Let's enter the snake pit and let's hash this out. Okay. Uh, you go first. You got four. You got to go first. All right. Let's go first. I think the first bug I have is the copy I have, I think is actually your copy. Um, oh, like I loaned to you? Yeah. Probably a couple of years ago. It's not Dennis a screen. It is Dennis Lehane. Takes place on an island. Takes place on Shutter Island. Oh, yeah. Okay. Uh, I read a couple Dennis Lehane. I and I really liked him. This is a standalone. Correct me if I'm wrong. Yeah. It's not the detective series that he has. Yeah. Um, This is from 2003, I believe. Mm -hmm. About seven years later, they turned it into a very good movie by Martin Scorsese. Which I saw and really liked. Um, have not read the book. Don't know you've read the book. I've read the book, yeah. yeah. And I'm, I have... The reason why I'm kind of curious about it 
is the ending of the movie left me with questions that I w- was wondering if the book, how the book handled. Yeah. So, mm-hmm. Yeah. So that's kind of the main reason. I was kind of like I said, no theme. I have this book. It's probably your book. But uh, Dennis Lehane, Shutter Island, fun book. I would assume depressing, maybe. It is. No, it's good. Intriguing. And see, I was happy because I read the book before the movie came out, so it was new. I had no expect. I didn't know the, the twist, which everybody seen the movie knows. I actually didn't see coming. I, I don't want to give too much away. I know. I, I, I'm a little worried because I do know the twist, and I, w- I would assume the, no. the same in the book and the movie. I think you'd still enjoy it, and it'd be fun to revisit it actually because it's been a while. But I, I didn't see the twist coming. A lot of people I know who saw the movie saw the twist coming because of a, a choice the the Scorsese made. But anyway, but like the book, I didn't I didn't see the twist coming. At I all. didn't see the twist coming in the movie. I'll be honest. Did you? Okay, okay. It's a good twist. It's good a really twist. Good twist. It's a good book. It's a good choice. Yeah. I like. Uh, and it's kind of cheating because I know you like the author, and it's you know. it's not cheating. It's called psychology. It's psychology one hundred and one. So, uh, it's your turn. Your first nomination. My book. Okay, it's kind of in that vein, ish. Okay. Mystery crime authors I really like. You've read the first book in the series, and it's a little weird because we're skipping the second one. This is the third one in the series, but it's my first book of this author that i ever read is what got me hooked on him the first one you've read the first one okay it's it's james elroy okay it's bloods are over it's the third one in the american underground trilogy um yeah Blood, bloods of rover you said right yep bloods are over it is everything that American tabloid was only American tabloid was kind of like the dark underbelly of the late 1950s, early 1960s. The Kennedys are main characters. The people who really shot Kennedy are like main characters. You got, you know, the mob, all that stuff. It is that 10 years in the future. It's 1968 to 1972, but that same gritty underworld quality only Nixon Jagger Hoover, corrupt FBI agents, the mob, you know, the casino schemes. Okay. Just that sounds all the really. Yeah. Is the first I stumbled on it. I was like, oh, what's this? This seems good. I'd never read Elroy before. And I didn't know it was the third one in a series. I just like and it, it reads well. It could work as a standalone. Like I, I hadn't read the others. But I started with this one. And it's what got me hooked on Elroy. It's been a while. I think Pete, I think you would really like it. Okay. It's a very good book. So that's so my and it's the style of Elroy, I assume. Just and like it's a good tabloid. like yeah. Good sweaty summer, but it's like a good uh, yeah. for July. I would I would describe mm-hmm. uh, American tabloid as sweaty. Yeah. Good sweaty book. Sweaty. Everyone's just oh everyone's sweating. I always marvel at Elroy's characters, how much energy they have, because they usually they're either corrupt cops or like criminals with a side gig or like entertainers who like sing in nightclubs and have a, a gig writing for tabloid. Like, it's like they, they all moonlight. They have like two or three jobs and they got all this energy. They drink all the time. 
It's like, man, you guys don't sleep a lot. You got a lot, a lot of energy. <laughs> you know? So I like that. That's a very good point. In college, you could have written a paper. When do they sleep? Energy, moonlighting, and Elroy. the characters of James Elroy. They really, I mean, it's really like they got yeah undercover cops have to like have their day job, and then they got to go pretend to be activists and. Yeah. yeah, rarely in a mystery or thriller is there like, okay, I'm gonna take this day off and uh, yeah. napped all day, watch TV all day. It's it's always yeah. like, oh, I woke up late and I just worked. Mm-hmm. Workaholics, you have to yeah. be a workaholic to be in a mystery book or a thriller book. You know that mm-hmm. you got to be upset. Oh, sitting right now. That's that's one of Elroy's themes is obsession. His mm. people are good obsessed. Point. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. It's good. Good nomination. Bloods of Rover. Uh, let's see here. How am I going to do this order? Um, the next one, I believe we've nominated before. And it's the Ooh, only book man. of this author that I have not read. It's a shorter book, but of course it's in the universe that this author has created. It is Slade House by David Mitchell. Okay. Yeah, yeah. Um, is it like Shirley Jackson and Stephen King? Ish. Because that's how it's sort of described. It's okay. So, talk to me about this book. It's you read it. The, the the bone clock. The premise that he really brought out into the open and articulated in the bone clocks. Right. The kind of certain groups can can reincarnate. Right. Yes. Um, sort of a battle between some the good. There's the good immortal people who reincarnate and the bad ones. I'm making it. So he, I think he fleshes it out really well. A lot of the serious literary people didn't like the bone clocks because of this element. But yeah, so it's kind of that, and it's like a haunt. It's David Mitchell's haunted house novel ish. So two of those types of people who can reincarnate like they do in the bone clocks yeah. live in Slade House and a little unsuspecting group of. It was a person or a group of people like wander into Slade House and it kind yeah. of takes you through. I enjoy it a lot. I, yeah. That's... And of course, there's uh, references to other characters in his other novels that aren't mm-hmm. necessarily a part of like the universe of this, you know, cosmic battle, you know. But I'm expecting, are... I'm, yeah. I'm remembering how it ends and I'm expecting one person in particular to kind of show up later. Oh, really? That would be fun to revisit too. Okay. It's been a while. Good this nomination. Is, okay. I don't think you've. I think it came up. I don't think you've nominated it before. I thought you may have. Yeah, I, about I feel it. like we've mentioned it before. Yeah. Yeah. Well, it's yeah. It's the one you haven't read, right? This is the one, one I haven't read. Yeah. So. Huh. Okay. I can do Slade House again. Okay. Uh, your next nomination, Matt. This one, I haven't read actually. Yep. It is. He's been on my radar for a long time. The author, I think, is like a feel-good story, like an inspiring story. Uh, tell me if you've heard of him. Yep. He worked in a, like a steel mill or a, like a paper pulping mill yeah. for 32 years. Went to school to get his MFA in his 50s and published his first book after that, I think in like 2010, 2011. I don't know who this is. Southern, or not Southern, American Gothic. He's from Ohio. A lot of stuff takes place in Ohio. This is his third book called The Heavenly Table by a guy called Donald Ray Pollock. 
Okay. I have heard of him. Yeah. Um, he wrote a book. Let me look it up. Uh, the Devil All the Time. And his first collection of short stories, like his, I think, you know, people come out of MFA programs and like publish their short story collection. The first novel is what? Knock Around? Knock, uh, knock About? Yeah, I've read, um, what's, what was the other one you named? The Devil All the Time? Yes, I read that one. And oh, what'd you think? I didn't like it. it was, really? It was too much. <laughs> it was too much. Really? It was really bad. Like, I'm surprised I, I, I sought it out. I really wanted to like it. Mm-hmm. It was just very grim, very grim, very yeah. uncomfortable. Now, I we usually like that, but for some reason, I yeah. don't know why. Hmm. And this, I don't know if I've heard of this one. Well, listen to this. I, I checked it out to nominate it because I, I thought it seemed like a good like July summer book. And I talked myself into reading it whether or not we, we choose it or not. Let me see, this is from a New York Times review of it. The Heavenly Table is an old fashioned yarn with a pretty predictable plot, but that's the point. And as with The Adventures of Huckleberry Finn, an obvious influence, it is also a riotous satire that takes, play, that takes on our hopeless faith in modernity along with our endless capacity for cruelty and absurd pretension. It takes place in 1917 on the Georgia Alabama border, kind of like three yeah. down on their luck redneck hick brothers from that area um don't get along with their landlord stuff happens they wind up killing them and they're inspired by a little like a pulp novel like a about bank robbers to like steal some horses and then go on their own bank robbing spree actually i thought it sounded pretty good it sounds good i am just a little hesitant because his other book uh, very dark i i i'm not i'm actually intrigued i want to give this author another chance I, i'm willing to because in I'm my like, mind i thought maybe this would be it i was kind of like i could read this it sounds doesn't this sound cool like sounds good it sounds very good riotous satire uh, you like that era too 1917 america yeah of course right on the cusp before industrialization we became kind of a powerhouse but like right there yep we're kind of getting our feet a little bit so to yeah speak. okay uh, i didn't know that no i it's a weird it was just a it was just very it was a the, the devil all the time was a very kind of just disturbing i don't know if i it might have been i just was in the mood to read it and it, yeah. it was um but because well, normally like, you like disturbing. I know, I know. Yeah. That's why I'm a little. I, yeah, I'm mm-hmm. probably surprised, but I don't like that. That, that I didn't like that book. Uh, but okay, okay. That's not to say that I'm not gonna. It could win. It could win. I'll say that. Well, let's see. Okay. Okay. All right. <laughs> don't don't be down. <laughs> um. Okay. Next up, up on my list of books is a book that I'm a little hesitant to read. I'm a little worried I won't understand it. It's an author that I feel like is very uh, intellectual and maybe is touted by people that 
probably also don't really completely understand the author's message and what they're trying to say. And if you want to sound smart and hip in, in college, you may say this is, you know, an author you really like that doesn't discredit the author's work. That's just maybe, you know, the, the people who promote the author are a little pretentious, maybe a little bit. Yes. And the book is the plague. It is a book that recently, because of the times we live in, has seen a huge um, kind of uh, growth number of people interested in the book. I guess oh, really? uh, Penguin Classic matter? was like struggling to keep it in, you know, copies and print. I think in, I want to say Italy, I saw, I think I saw that it was like a, became a huge book. Uh, I don't know if bestseller is the right word, but just like people there were reading the book a lot more than they usually are. It is. Yeah. Do you understand why I'm a little bit like, I don't know if I'm smart enough to be in a conversation about what it's about because I I don't know. I just hear that name. I'm like, I don't know if I get, I feel the same way. Philosophical references and whatever. But if it's just a story about a plague, which from the and I, I think we're both smart enough to get, you know, we can unpack things. Um, it's sort of in one sense, it has the symbolism of the French resistance against the Nazis. That's when it was written, um, from what I can gather from reading a little bit about the book. But I don't know. I feel like it could be a challenge for us. It could maybe it's not a book that we would normally read. Uh, for this channel or yeah. for kind of, but yeah, that's a good the play. The plague. That's so weird because they were like when you were describing like a pretentious book that people kind of may or may not. Uh, there were like ten authors that sprang to mind. I don't know why I landed on Camus. It's weird that it was. It, it, it's I don't know. I don't know if yeah, anyone else has this where you have some authors yeah. where you're like I don't know if I I yeah, I don't know. It's almost like the people who talk about it put you off from reading it. I think that's what. David Foster Wallace suffers from too, actually. Yeah, yeah. Because I think he's good, but I think a lot of people who talk about him kind of talk about him in that way you're talking about. Yeah, mm-hmm. just, that's yeah. a good. That's a good choice. That's like a good challenging choice. I would bet you a lot of money we don't actually choose it, but that's a good nomination. <laughs> I bet we wind up with something more fun. But yeah, no, that's a good nomination. I have a copy too. It'd be easy. Hey, yeah. Um, okay, so okay, you have one more nomination. One more. One more this is a good one. Okay. For some reason, it like screams summer. I don't know that it, it takes place across the year, not necessarily just a summer. Won the Pulitzer Prize for fiction. Oh, okay. Published posthumously. Okay. One of the funniest things I've ever read in my entire life. It's a great book. Um and now that dunces yeah is it yeah Yeah, it is no i've started it i've never finished it it's so funny it's so good like i like it a lot i actually have some good it's 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 one of those it's like trying to describe it won't really do it justice but the main character is ignatius j riley this takes place in new orleans he's a big pompous literally big, but like, like obese, uh, fancies himself an intellectual, lives with his mother, 
writes his worldview, his, his big project down on big chief tablets. Um, yeah, it's just kind of his, his adventures as he goes about New Orleans. Uh, Published in 1980. 1980. Uh, he, um, he, he tried to get it published. It was 11 years after, so he died in 1969. Yeah, he committed suicide nobody, in 1969. Yeah, because yeah, nobody would publish his book, among other things. He took it to a couple publishers, like big-time publishers, and they're like, ah, seems good, but it doesn't really go anywhere. There's no point to it. They turned it down. He, 11 years later, his mom never gave up on the book she took it to author walker percy actually really and uh he read it and in the forward to my edition he does the the preface and uh it's pretty good he's like because ah, the mom told him the story and he's like ah, i have to read a couple pages just to be polite yeah. it was such a heart-wrenching story yeah and he talks about like ah, crap i'm gonna have to actually publish this this is good like he he was like uh so he like read the whole thing like this is like great yeah and kudos to walker percy because it really is insanely it's a book i've been meaning to read for a very long time i can't do it justice i i copied some quotes because they're just so it's it has to do with uh, the main character ignatius's worldview and the 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 orbiting characters it's really funny but ignatius Bear with me. Is, uh, oh, yeah. I am at the moment writing a lengthy indictment against our century. When my brain begins to reel from my literary labors, I make an occasional cheese dip. Do you like that accent? That's that was pretty good. Yeah. I bought in right away. It wasn't like, oh, it's not doing it. I mingle with my peers or no one. And since I have no peers, I mingle with no one. Okay. Canned food is a perversion, Ignatius said. I suspect that it is ultimately very damaging to the soul. And one last one. This is uh, Ignatius lives with his mother and one of his mother's friends like introduces her to a nice man and takes them bowling. And Ignatius is of course threatened by that. And so he says, my mother is currently associating with some undesirables who are attempting to, turn, to transform her into an athlete of sorts depraved specimens of mankind who regularly bowl their way to oblivion. <laughs> I like it. Uh, no, basically the whole book is, is this guy's worldview. Very strong nominations this week, this month. Uh, so I have one more. Make my, uh, my cheat nomination. That's fine. Everyone's been um, assigned to read this book. Um, usually at a not teenage age, uh, 16, 17 years old, okay. kind of uh, the age when most people read it. And if they don't read it at that time, they may be put off just because it's been pushed on every generation since, since its publication. The, the book I'm talking about is The Catcher in the Rye by Katie <sighs> Salinger. Yeah. And my thinking was, what if we returned to this book as two middle, you know, 30s guys I read the book. I don't really remember it all that well in high school. I don't have any sense of if I liked it, if I didn't like it. Um, it's a book that I feel like a lot of people like. I think it's probably fashionable not to like it because it has so much, you know, so many people have read it. So many people are forced to read it. Um, I don't know. It caught my, I thought it would be an interesting choice for us yeah. to revisit. 
Have you read this book? Yeah. It's interesting you chose it because I have a theory about that book. I read it. I read it when I was like 22. Yeah. So, and I liked it, but I didn't like love it. Mm-hmm. And I've talked to people who love it. And the common thing with them is they all read it when they're like 13. Yeah. I think that is, that's the time to read it. When you're 13, people who love that book read it when they were about that age and they just fall in love with it. I read it when I was 22 and I was like, oh, it's kind of funny in parts, but I don't, the kid's kind of annoying. But I think my theory is this, I was kind of past that age. I don't identify with the kid. The kid's younger than me. But that would be, it would be interesting to, to read now. I just think it'd be, yeah. I don't know if a lot of readers go back and go, you know, we all kind of branch out and, and read the stuff that we like. You know what I mean? Yeah. And that, yeah. if we miss it or if we read it 20 years ago, I don't really go back and say, oh, you know, Tale of Two Cities. Yeah. I really liked it when I read it in high school. Let me read it now. I don't, you know, I don't have a real strong memory of, of how I felt about the book. That's why I kind of wanted to add it as another nomination, so to speak. Yeah. When did you read it? What age? I must have been like 17, 18. Okay. Okay. No, probably not 18, probably like 17, I would say. And it was one of those books where it's like, oh, I'm reading serious literature. Oh, yeah. And I wanted to be, you know, I want to read serious stuff now. Mm -hmm. And I think, you know, people probably come to it like that. You know, it's, um, it's on a bunch of lists of books you should read. And, you know, um, I don't know. It's, it's, it just caught my attention. It's like, I don't think about this book that often. I've seen it on my shelves. I have a little mass market paperback uh, in white. It's, I remember reading it and feeling like I was getting my fingerprints my uh, from the ink are all over the cover. And I was like, this is a terrible cover design because it just looks like my book is dirty now. So I don't know. My OCD kicked in when I was reading in that book. And I was like, oh, I don't like that. It's driving me nuts. <laughs> I have that the famous uh, the red one with the, the red the the yeah. yeah yeah I know what you're yeah. talking about it has yeah it has like two not, I wouldn't say famous or notorious mass market cover designs but they're kind of like in the world of cover designs kind of I don't know you would recognize yeah them, I guess. yeah people but I don't know people just, love that book and the common theme with them they read it early early twelve to fourteen. Yeah, like yeah, if you read it five times, they're the one that hooked him was. But it's also some. I think it deals with themes that you probably wouldn't fully understand when you're 13 years old. I think we might pick up on more, and maybe it'll be really funny if we do it. This yeah. Time. yeah, I don't know. That was a choice. Just a you know interesting nomination. I feel those like. are four solid. I could see having trouble narrowing them down. They're all good July. Yeah, so let's go through them real quick. Here we got Shutter Island by Dennis Lehane. Bloods of Rubber by James Elroy, Slade House by uh, David Mitchell, uh, The Heavenly Table by Donald Ray Pollock, The Plague by Albert Camus, uh, The Confederacy of Dunces by John Kennedy Toole, and The Catcher in the Rye by J.D. Salinger. Some heavy hitters this month. Some heavy hitters. They're hot. They're sweaty. They're sexy. All oh, good summer books. <laughs> I like them all. I don't know. Yeah. Um, Probably not going to do the plague. Really? Okay. I mean, if you really wanted to like push ourselves, but the other six are like actually fun. 
Okay. <laughs> hey, the plague can be fun. Any of the other six. The plague. Yeah. No, it did. Yeah. <laughs> Let's see here. Um. So you you've kicked out the plague from the party. I mean, no. Bloods of Rover. How long is that book? It's long, but it's quick. Okay. It's fun. It's uh, my. I got a hardback. It's like six hundred, over six hundred. It's pretty long. Okay. But it's quick. It's good. You'll get. I mean, I don't know. You liked American Tabloid. I did like American Tabloid. Yeah, it's like that. Yeah. Like I say, it's. But instead of the Kennedys, it's Nixon and that whole, the underbelly of America in the late. 60s it's it's cops infiltrating the black panthers and the other left-wing movements it's jagger hoover it's on the tails of uh martin luther king and robert kennedy assassinations it's good it's like a gritty i'd be thrilled to to read it again it'd be fun you haven't read the heavenly table i haven't but you really want to I want to. We don't have to. You don't. You, you know. No, no, no. I'm I'm working out sort of the list here. Um, I'm gonna say no to Slate House. I don't think that it oh. catch either of us. Kind of uh, might be more of a fall read. It feels like because it's spooky. it's not a ghost story technically, but it's like an October feel. Okay. Yeah. So Slate House is out. The plague is out. I don't know if I'm in the mood for James Holroy, to be honest with you. Okay. Okay. So that's okay. going to be my first. It sounds like something I would like, but I don't. Uh, Elroy to me was, it felt like a, uh, I want to be in the mood for Elroy. Okay. Okay. That's fair. In his vernacular and his sort of how he constructs a character and all that kind of stuff. He's very, he's very identifiable, right? Yeah. If, it, if it's like uh, American tabloid, then. I don't know. I, I don't know if I'm feeling that. You know what I mean? Okay. Yeah. Is that fair? That's fine. That's okay. fine. The Bloods of Rovers off. That's fair. That's the leftist with Shutter Island, the Heavenly Table, and the Confederacy of Dunces, and the Catcher in the Rye. Shutter Island. What are we thinking? What are we doing? Are I'd we... be happy to revisit that. I'd be happy to revisit it. The Heavenly Table. Can you? Okay. Deep you don't. You and you've read the Confederacy of Dunces, yeah, but I would almost kind of advocate for that if I had to pick one of mine. Okay, funny, it really is funny. I, I, I know I've been wanting to read that book for a very long I think I even gave it to my brother as like a Christmas gift, yeah, like a... 15 years ago, and I hadn't even read the book. Man, it's a tough choice right now. Where are you, where are you at schedule wise? So that is a good question because right now we are reading um, a lot of different books right now because we added yeah. book, uh, The Wicked Pavilion. Well, exactly. Well, because here's my thoughts. I don't want to get too carried away doing this, but... And Lonesome Dove is, is good, but it's a very long book. I Yeah, I'm liking Lonesome Dove. It's good, yes, I do. But... <sighs> Because it could be kind of a theme episode if we did, if we did Confederacy of Dunces and Catcher in the Rye, that could be like a revisiting, like you know, it's kind of like because a lot of people had to read Confederacy of Dunces in high school. It's true. I'm glad I didn't because that would turn me off to it. 
but if we did those two, that could be kind of a, is that too much? No. Hey, I like, I, I like, like, you know, see where I'm headed. Yeah. I wouldn't, yeah. I, I, it might be productive to revisit catching the rye too. Okay. Yeah. I know. I, I just think that's an interesting thing we could do. You know? Yeah. Because it's something that is well known and let's classics see what sticks out to us this time. Hmm. I'd say I like your idea. I let's say the Confederacy of Dunces is our official July nomination. Yeah. And our extra credit book that we'll also talk about is the catcher in the rye. Catcher in the rye. We do that two months running. We can do that. It's a little compromise. After we did uh the talented Mr. Ripley in the Wicked Pavilion. The Wicked Pavilion. Or was, yeah. Uh, yeah. Let's do it. Yeah. Okay. Let's do so it. Catching the Rise short. Catching the Rise short. And the Confederacy of Dunces is a funny comedic it's very It's rich. rich. Something funny on every every page. A lot of people say, you know, like uh, if, a, if a contemporary book comes out and it's like considered funny, that means there's like a laugh every 50 pages and it's yeah. kind of like goofy. This is funny like there's something every page like there's there's a lot in there it's very rich and dense okay. it's like i'm like this i'm like confederacy dunces like some people are catching the rye <laughs> real good in my life i'll probably read it five to ten times in my life it's very funny it's very good all right i'm excited it's a book that i've been i read i don't know why i stopped reading it you know sometimes you just stop reading a book yeah no i, I, I did that I, with this book and i i was enjoying it a lot um so to recap we have the confederacy of dunces as our official july selection we're also going to be reading the catcher in the rye on top of that we have lonesome dove as our seasonal read extra credit from june is the wicked pavilion um, a book. I read the first three, like, couple pages of that book, and I had to be like, whoa, whoa, whoa. I'm going to love this. I need to calm down. And I needed, to, I was trying to read it on, like, a lunch break, and I was like, ah, let me just see what the, uh, the voice is, you know, what, what she do. And then she, and I'm like, hold, hold on a second. Yeah. yeah. This is right up my alley. It's, I need to, <laughs> I need to not be in, a, in my work lunchroom reading this. Mm-hmm. You want to savor it. Oh yeah, it's like um, a really good meal. It's like oh, I don't want to wolf this down. I I'm like that too. I'm like, oh, okay, I was I was just... like kind of grinning. I was like, whoa, yeah, whoa, yeah. whoa, 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 yeah. this is really good. Oh, good. I'm glad you. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Okay. So I'm I and yes, I need to set the mood and just dive in. And we're gonna. I I feel like I'm gonna really like that book a lot. So. Good, good. Yeah, I'm liking it too. Like. All right, yeah. So we have a lot of great books, and like I said earlier, we have uh, the talented Mr. Ripley, which uh, is another book you're kind of revisiting, and it's the first time I read it, and we'll be recording that. And that, uh, no spoilers, was really good, really, Very really, good. really good. Have you rewatched the movie? I will do that before we okay. um, before we record that episode, but but um, be on the lookout for that one. So uh, we're reading a lot of good books here. Uh, in the hot, sweaty summer months. It's good. It's a it's a full plate, but I'm happy with that. I think that's yeah. a good. I think it's doable. It's a challenge, but I think it's a, a fun challenge. Uh, yeah. yeah. So, 
Catcher in the Rye. That's right. Probably have to watch that movie Conspiracy Theory again, too. You ever seen that? Mm-hmm. You've never but, seen Conspiracy Theory? No. The gimmick in that is that all the assassins of like major uh, political people have been obsessed with Catcher in the Rye. There Mel is Gibson, so is Mel Gibson, Julia Roberts, and he has to, every time he's in a bookstore, he has to buy Catcher in the Rye. That's how they like tag him as a crazy person. So the list of people who have tried to, to uh, buy the rights to the Catcher in the Rye is pretty extensive. Never, J.D. Salinger never sold the rights. Um, he died about a decade ago. So I don't know exactly. It seems a little murky about whether it would ever kind of come up. Um, or would it ever be like accepted as making it into a movie? Yeah. But all like all the people you would think if I was to be like, oh, Leonardo DiCaprio kind of wanted to make, make you'd be like, oh, that makes sense. Or Steven like Spielberg. 30 years ago. Yeah. I'm just saying like it, it's been on the list of big Hollywood producers and directors for a long time. It's you know what's never... interesting? So is uh, Confederacy of Dunces. Oh, yeah. Because it's, it's beloved. Yeah. I mean, there are rumors like Zach Galifianakis is going to do it. There are rumors Will Ferrell is going to do it. And I kind of suspect Catching the Rise like this as well. I kind of feel like maybe you should just leave it alone. Because I don't yeah. know if you can translate it into a movie. But adaptations always but... have a way, you know, they just, they hang around. People don't forget them if they're like. Well, and then the, the, the producers, the money people, like know how beloved it is. It's like, yeah. Let's capitalize on this doesn't even have to be good and then they make a crappy movie exactly but we'll talk about that we'll hit on that when we're done with them it's like do you think they should even try out of this yeah no yeah that's good uh you can get in contact with us and all the cool all the cool internet spots instagram twitter we have an all email the kids are on not tiktok though we're not on tiktok we're we'll not never be on we're not on snapchat we're on those things you can um just type in there will be bugs you'll find us on all those ones yeah. There he is. We also have a Ko-Fi page where you can donate, and then we also have a Patreon account where you can also support the, the podcast. Um, but yeah, we have a lot of good books we're reading, so always uh, get in contact with us and let us know what you think of the books we're reading. If you haven't read them, join us as we read them. If you have read them, let us know uh, your opinions on them. Right, Matt? Yeah. And send us in other animal home whatever the, where they live and sane for that animal don't don't stick your weird green neck into the turtle shell eh? just don't poke it out and send us an email yeah send yeah. it that's not good ant tunnels at gmail.com no i'm just kidding <laughs> will, will be books gmail.com will be books at gmail.com no. um yeah until next time We will uh, talk to you later. Bye.